to the Local Bar Podcast with your host, Chad Alexander. Come on in. We have a lot of friends we want you to meet. Hi. How you? From beautiful downtown Columbia, South Carolina, located right in the heart of Rosewood, this is the Local Bar. I'm your host, Chad Alexander, and of all the places you could be, you have decided to spend some time with us today. For that, we're incredibly grateful. How you doing? Local Bar can be found on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartMedia, wherever you get your good and your bad podcast. You can find us over on uh, Facebook, Local Bar Media, easiest way to get in contact with us. Shoot us a message over there. If you're part of the Libsyn Network and you are another podcaster, Find us, friend us, follow us over there. We love connecting with other podcasters and sharing ideas. Uh, A couple things. Number one, if you are in the Marietta, Georgia area, the guy that does the music for our show and has for a very long time, Mr. Don Merkel, will be playing at the Third Door. I think it's called the Third Door. I better double check that. Uh, But he'll be over there. Check it out, donmerkel.com for that. And I think he's got a couple other shows in the area over the next couple of weeks, so go check that out. If you're in the Columbia, South Carolina area, want to see your boy here playing, he and the guys from The Accused will be playing uh, Friday at um, uh, at Savage Craft. Friday starts somewhere between 7 and 8 o'clock. You never know. It just depends on how things get set up. Uh, and we're playing a, a bunch of your favorite covers from the 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, maybe some 60s. Don't think any 50s, but we get a lot in there. Come check us out. Savage Craft over in West Columbia is a great play. It's a it's an awesome, very underrated play. If you pass through the Columbia, South Carolina area, um, you hear me talk about Foxfield all the time and places like uh, the public house, uh, not the public house. Well, the public house over on Divine Street is an awesome place. Public House on Main Street was a different story. Uh, but the Cock and Bull Pub, you, you guys hear me talk about these places a good bit. Savage Craft is a really, it's a great brewery, number one. Uh, but number two, uh, just, the, just the environment over there is really neat. Uh, so go check that out, especially if you're in town on Friday night. Would love to see you. Uh, if I've never met you before, please say hello. I'll be easy to spot. I'm the one at the piano. Um. Got a, a great interview this week. Haley Thorpe. Haley is a, a friend of mine, is a new friend of mine. Uh, I actually met her at her wedding. If you recognize that last name, she is, as I introduce her here in a little bit, the better half of Hank Thorpe and the Thorpe family. Hank is a, a good friend of ours, our, my brother in podcasting, my arch enemy in fantasy football. He uh, ran all of the above radio for a long time. He has now brought it back with all new Oh, I'm going to butcher the name, Hank. All new, all natural, all of the, there's a, there's a new name. Check him out. Check, just check out Hank Thorpe on Facebook. You can still find all of the above radio. God, I am just killing it today <laughs> with helping my friends out. Uh, all natural. Hank's going to love that. Um, I, uh, but Haley and I met at, at, at their wedding, uh, back in Austin, back in May. And uh, she's awesome. I, I've heard her before on Hank's show uh, when he was doing it over on the Fishbowl Radio Network. And um, she's she's great. She's a great speaker. But she does something that I I think you need I think you need to pay attention to. 
let me let me let me let me tell you why. A few years ago, my my wife and I were um, talking about you know just politics, the current state of affairs. I brought up um, the movie Wag the Dog. This is big for all, uh, a lot of people that were Generation Xers and a little bit older. Those of us that were in college at the time when this movie came out. It's a very interesting movie. Uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and tell you, it is um, it is a little bit disturbing to watch. If you're someone who people used to call a conspiracy theorist, I don't think people call you that anymore because all your conspiracies keep coming true. <laughs> but if you're someone who is a conspiracy theorist kind of person, if you love going down, down those rabbit holes, it's a wonderful movie. It's Dust, uh, Dustin Hoffman's in it, Dennis Leary. It, it's, a, it's a really cool, Willie Nelson isn't it? It's a it's a great movie um, for those of us that used to be in what used to be truly public relations. That it's it, public relations is now dead for what for what its job originally was. People have now just gone to internet hacks, and the good people that do PR are now basically just doing marketing. It's just, it's just it's a shame because we could use we could use really good public relations folks right now. It's just my own two cents. But I remember when I was in college and I was in a class for public relations, the teacher made us watch it and she told us, this is your job. This is essentially what your job is. Your job is to distract people, to get them to think a certain way. Whether you're in government, whether you're in politics, whether you're in sports, whether you're in business and marketing, your job is to make people think they've come to their own conclusion when it was really something you said that you wanted them to think. In other words, you make people believe what you want them to believe, and then you make them buy whatever it is you're selling. I've always been a different salesperson. I think this is why my career has had some, some pretty good spikes where I've had some uh, pretty good months and quarters. But I've had more of a consistent level than other people because I do something different. Because public relations and sales really are two very different things. Hang with me here. I'm going to get to a point in a second. In public relations, you're doing that. You're trying to create a problem. You're trying to create a distraction. You're trying to create a need. The way I view how I sell is I look at where you are and I try to help you get where I think you can be based on what it is that I'm selling. And if I can't, then I don't. Because me creating something that you don't need makes it harder for me to come back to you if I sell anything else. Being in the medical field, because I've had this approach, has always been easy. When I go to another company, whether it's another drug, another product, another service, because I did people right the first time, it's just a lot easier to come back around the second time. The problem is, too many times in our world, people want you to think another way. Because they want you to buy what they're selling. This is true. Yeah, we're all thinking politics. I get that. And that is that is very true. But this is true in business. This is true in churches. This is true with charitable organizations. And it's getting easier and easier for them to do it. Because your life 
is too cluttered. Part of that is because of where you are physically with your life, your home. That's what I'm going to talk to Haley about. I think it's really important for you to hear this. But on the other side, I want to talk to you how it's happening inside you mentally and emotionally. We'll jump on that right after this break. week is the uh well the now the better half of one of my guests that's been on the show almost as many times as my daughter has Uh, you know him as the great hank thorpe what you don't know is his better half is known as Haley thorpe Haley, how are you doing today i'm doing great doing great thanks for having me sure no no thanks for being on so a lot of people don't know this uh we've gotten a kick out of telling people the story uh, about us uh, meeting and how we met. For for those of you who don't know, Hank and I met at a good buddy of mine's wedding. Uh, fifth, how long have Kate and Jeff been married? 16, 17 years ago? The next time I hung out with Hank, he came to my wedding. And then uh, the last time I've seen Hank, the third time that we've ever hung out in person, uh, was at y'all's wedding. And so it's just it's been an absolute blast of getting to know him. You guys had you guys had an incredible wedding. How did you pick that venue? Oh, uh, well, we went to a handful of different venues. Uh, I liked the idea of Austin, so it would be a little bit of a destination for everybody since it's about three hours from where we live in Dallas. Yeah. And that was the first one where we left and. He was just as excited as I was. He looked at me and he said, okay, something will really have to knock our socks off. <laughs> and honestly, it was just the venue owners being um, not pushy, but per, like sending a follow-up message and we were going to be in Austin anyway. And I was worried it would be too rustic, but I thought, oh, sure, let's stop by. And it was beautiful. Yeah, so. it's, yeah it's awesome. It's just a, like to try to describe it. It was so funny because the area around... You know, when you're going through Austin, Austin's got a, a little bit more hills to it than when you're driving like outside of Dallas. But oh, absolutely! It was like up on this hill that was from out of nowhere. Like I swear, like Moses must have hiked on it and gotten like, like one <laughs> of the tablets from. And uh, it was beautiful. It was absolutely gorgeous. The venue itself was really neat. It it almost looks some, like something you would see like in the Appalachian Mountains here, but placed right outside of Austin. And it was just such yeah. a cool spot. Just an, just an amazing. Uh, your wedding was a lot of fun. That was that was a blast. We, we Maria and I really enjoyed uh, being able to come out there and hang out with you guys. Now, for people that have been a part of mine and Hank's crossover for a while, how, how many times you've, you've been on, you were on all of the above back in its first iteration quite a few times, right? 
Yeah, I've been, uh, it's funny. He always had, um, he had code names for everybody. So um, when I was just his friend, he called me Kid Comet after Haley's Comet, of course. And I have probably Wait, 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 time out, time out. Four or five times. I didn't know that was you. I never knew that. I did not know that was you. Yeah, that was me. Okay. Yeah, so I was Kid Comet when I was a friend. And then I got an upgraded nickname when I became his girlfriend to KC Masterpiece, uh, a homage to being from Kansas City. Right. Um, so I got, I got the upgraded nickname once I became girlfriend material. Gotcha. I so yeah, got I've been on a lot. Yeah. So uh, for those of you who don't know, Hank does, uh, he, he reincarnated all of the above. Uh, he was on the show. We talked about this. He was a guest on the show. I think last year or whenever it was. I, I, I've this move has made me lose track of time. I've got no idea where I am. <laughs> but I remember, um, you know, for those of you who don't know, he did leave Fishbowl Radio Network. I think it was because he just won too many awards there and was like, "I'm done with. It. I can't keep winning awards." <laughs> I saw that the uh-huh. wasn't, it, wasn't it called the Sharkies? I saw a Facebook yes. memory for that the other day of, of promoting. Yeah, Hank there, for the Sharkies. there is a literal fishbowl in our bedroom because it's his. Uh, Best male host of the year. Oh, yeah. Award. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, so now, I d- tell me how you and Hank met. Y'all, y'all worked at one of the restaurants together, right? Absolutely. We worked at Uncle Julio's, if anybody's familiar with that. And honestly, I always say he was one of my very first friends in the state of Texas because, um, you know, he's just so warm and personable. And um, I met him. So I'm, I graduated college in May of 2012, moved here in July and met him at that, um, at the location that we worked at together. I was, I went up to the bar to have some drinks with a friend since we got a discount there and he was bartending and we were friends and, uh, well, we went on like one date, but I, I very much had one foot back home still like, Oh, I don't know. Maybe I'll stay in Texas. Maybe I'll move back. And, so that was kind of a flop, and then five years later, the timing was right, and we started dating. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh huh. I, I friendly Hank. Yeah. Everybody knows. <laughs> friend, yeah, friendly Hank likes to be friends with all the beautiful young ladies that walk into. Yeah, I know how friendly <laughs> Hank is. Now it's actually between between you and me. Don't don't tell Hank this, and I don't mean any disrespect really to anybody, but I remember meeting the girl Hank was dating that he brought to my wedding. And what's funny about that is like I greatly greatly questioned Hank's taste in women. So you you obviously turned that around and made Hank look like he knew what he was doing. No, I'm just kidding. It's like, actually, he, so, he won't be offended. It, what's funny, I don't know if you ever listened to the show. We, we talked to, on one show, and I'm again, I'm going to sound, sound like such a jerk. I can't remember if it was my show or his. And I, and I, I think it was yours because I listened to it about, yeah. about bringing his former... Yeah, and I, your wedding. and I I couldn't commit her to memory to save my life. Like I, mm-hmm. I couldn't even tell you anything about her. Like you could put her and just two other people in front of me. I'd be like, I got no idea. I got no idea. So, <laughs> uh, but no, no, no offense to her. Uh, but uh, you, I, I, meeting you at your wedding was absolutely fantastic. You are just uh, such a bright and bubbly type person. You do match Hank very well. And, oh, uh, and, and I think you guys have made a, a great couple and I, I'm really excited to, to, I was again, excited to be a part of your wedding. So excited though, that, you know, you did look lovely. I mean, your brides always want to be, you know, it's, I've always had a thing with this brides want to be the center of the tissue. It's their day. But if you do a wedding, right, it's y'all's day. And I feel like y'all mm-hmm. really did that, but I, I feel bad because everyone knows 
that I got the best picture at your your wedding. I mean, this it is this, a pretty fantastic picture. <laughs> for the yeah. So, so Hagen, I thought about it. They had, and I thought this was really well done. They had a social media moment because they wanted everybody to put their phones down and kind of live in the moment, like you're supposed to. Brilliantly done. I have never seen that at a wedding. People have got to start doing that. And I thought it was really great. And you guys stood there for a second for people to be able to take pictures, but. All I could think of is like you said, social media moment. It's got to be a selfie, right? So I ran up and, and uh-huh. did a quick selfie on the on the stage. I appreciate you guys putting up with me for doing well, that. Well, and I don't, so. I don't think I had met you yet, right? Because no, you hadn't. Was, yeah, <laughs> you had. You just got into town Saturday, so I was. But I mean, I was such a space cadet for most, like walking down the aisle and the ceremony that I was. It didn't really phase me. I was like, I'll find out who that is later. I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Well, it's a great picture. And I'm going to put it up here in our house, too. It's a great picture of y'all and everybody. <laughs> and the preacher doing the full belly laugh in the in the back right corner was was great. But, oh, um, yeah. That's my Uncle Jay. He, yeah. yeah. He had a good laugh. He was also, he did a great job, too. Remember, my dad is a minister. Your, your uncle did one heck of a, of a wedding. He did a great job with that. But um, Thank you. All, all this aside, the reason that Haley is on is not because she is just part of the Thorpe brand because of hank it's actually because she does something that um maria and i kind of kind of got into a couple of years ago and we tried it and it took us i think we spent uh, a, a couple of episodes of our old podcast welding a family talking about it uh but you started doing something you've 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 started a, a business um where you help people in a very much needed and very particular way can you talk a little bit about what what that is Yes. So I do professional home organizing. Um, Specifically, I'm trained in the KonMari method of organizing, which is Marie Kondo's methodology. She is the author of the best-selling book, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up, and has also had a Netflix series and now has expanded into all kinds of things. But it's it's a very different method of organizing that focuses more on encouraging a client to keep what sparks joy. And it's all about just choosing the things that you keep and choosing the things that continue with you in your next chapter of life versus any kind of rigid rules about, oh, if you haven't worn it in three months, get rid of it, or you only need X number of shoes. It's all about keeping what sparks joy for you. So as a consultant, I work with clients in their homes and help guide them through that process and support them through that process. So before anyone thinks that this isn't a subject that they will care about, I'm going to tell you that my wife watched that Netflix special and came to me and Mm -hmm. said, I I want to do something in our house. And I'm like, you got to be kidding. I'm not going to do this. (laughs) And so I watched part. She read the book, watched the She did all that, right? She's not, I wouldn't say she's trained in it the way that you are, but she, she had more than just a, a, she had at least a working knowledge of it. Right. So she sat down telling me about all these steps, about how you have to look at each item and think about it and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, this, this is dumb about, (laughs) About, I'd say probably about an hour into doing it one day when we were going to start with, I think we started with our bedrooms. I can't remember what we started. We started with whatever you were supposed to start with, but I don't clothing. think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we got, so it was clothing. Yeah, it was clothing. And so I'm going through my closet and I'm doing the things and I'm thinking the way it said to do. And I, I you know, I, I started off the way that she said to do it. And suddenly I'd say probably a good 30 minutes into it. It hit me. I'm like, I should have gotten rid of this. The last three times I did this, but I didn't Mm -hmm. because I'm holding on to it for the wrong reason. 
What's funny yeah. is after I was done, six months later, a year later, I can tell you I have not come across anything which would give you like, you know, that buyer's remorse feeling like, you know, I shouldn't yeah. have gotten rid of that. Never, never got rid of it. And I was like, holy crap, this woman has come up with something that's phenomenal. Mm -hmm. It really does make a difference. Do your, do your clients, now that you've been dealing with people doing this, what has the, you know, sure, you've had a lot of people come on board and, and use your services and do this and you've helped them out. But as you've revisited with them, whether it's people that you know, or especially friends or family members that can be a little bit more honest with you. What, what have mm -hmm. they seen, at, you know, a few months down the road looking back? The thing I love hearing the most is that they're more mindful about what they purchase and bring into their home huh. after going through this process. I love hearing that yeah. because that's, I mean, that's something that will continue to serve dividends indefinitely. Um, sitting down and facing all the things that you own in your house. I mean, it really does force you, you know, if you just went through a few hundred books and saw how much excess you had, you're going to be very conscious before you spend your money and bring another book into your home. So I like hearing that a lot. I hear a lot of people, a lot of clients, almost every single one has said, wow, this was so much easier with somebody here Hmm. to help me with somebody to ask the right questions and guide me. Um, when you were talking about the buyer's remorse in the consultant community, um, we call that when you, if you get rid of something and then you later regret it, we call it a KonMari casualty. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. And um, I personally have only had one. And again, it's fine. It's not anything life threatening. I when, when I did my own clothing, I got rid of a a short like dark purple bridesmaid dress that I thought there's no way I'll wear this again and then right. I've had a few like December weddings that I'm like dang that purple <laughs> dress would have been perfect yeah. but the thing is and the thing I tell clients too if it was that important I have the means to go buy it again sure. and let's be honest probably in a different size so there's almost nothing that you can get rid of that can't be acquired again if you really, really need it at a future date. Gotcha. Versus gotcha. giving it the real estate for the next five years. Yeah, yeah. So you said something that I want to kind of zero in on here real quick. You talked about when they, they said that they appreciated have somebody having somebody there with them. I, I can't stress that enough. We, you know, we, my wife read the book. She, we watched the show. We saw what the schedule was supposed to be and how we were supposed to go through it, right? We absolutely mm -hmm. did not go buy it. I mean, like, we could not, we, we did not set aside the time to go through it the way that we wanted to. So I wish Maria was here because I would love for her to tell you the story about the debacle that it was for her to go through the kitchen. Like, it almost mm. broke her. Having Kitchens good, are hard. Yeah, but one of the things she said is, like, it was really hard to do that on her own. Why is it mm -hmm. when you come in and you're a consultant, what kind of things are people asking you or what what obstacles or roadblocks do you see that pop up where people start to realize, man, I, I can't do this alone. I, I got to have somebody here with me. Yeah. So a lot of times. So if you remember the the first step in any category, there's five categories and it's in a certain order for a reason. It's the order is if you follow it is what most people are least attached to, and then you end with the, the most attachment. So the order is clothing, books, paperwork, miscellaneous, which is everything from kitchen to garage to hobby equipment. Um, and then the last, very last category, sentimental cards and photographs and things like that. Yeah. 
So the, the first step, whatever category you're working on, is that you need all of the things in one room. So instead of tidying by room, if you're doing clothing, you get everything out of the closet, everything out of, you know, if you got winter clothes in a different room, if you got stuff stored under the bed, everything needs to come out. And a lot of people will just be completely overwhelmed by the volume and just feel stuck in that initial moment. Um, a lot of husbands have the same attitude as you, like, oh, this is dumb. Why are we doing this? Or they will think, you know, we could do this on our own. But that initial shock of how many, how much you own, the volume of it is, is honestly where a lot of people get stuck. I've seen also some, <laughs> there's people who want to keep everything. And then there's people who want to get rid of everything too, which <laughs> is also, I've, I've had that less often, but I, I also have to be wary of that because. I, I never want the client to just point at a stack of shirts and say, those can all go. It's very important to touch each item, pick it up, see how your body responds to it. I'm looking at their body language. Sometimes they will say, uh, yeah, I think this can stay, you know, I, I, I think I can wear this to church or whatever, but their shoulders are slumped They're You know, they kind of took a sigh out. They, you know, their body language is telling me, no, I don't want to keep this, but their voice is saying yes. So I look out huh. for stuff like that. Yeah. And I ask them questions. And when I see those things that don't align, then I'll ask them questions, you know, say we're working on clothing. So I kind of dig a little bit more. I might say, okay, well, tell me about the last time you wore it and tell me how you feel when you put it on. Like, do you feel beautiful or handsome or powerful or whatever speaks to the client or, if it's something out of season, like if the weather changed tomorrow, would you want to wear this? Would you be excited to wear this? Or is there other clothing in the same category that you would be more excited to wear? One of the things that I can't help but notice is that, you know, growing up, we always had too much crap in our attic or somebody had a basement. We're all stepping over stuff that we have. But it seems like as the decades have rolled by, it's gotten worse for for everyone. I mean, I I don't drive anywhere in this town. I, there's no way I go more than a mile without running into like a public storage or some kind of rental space. And there's and mm -hmm. I, I got a buddy of mine that opened up one. I think he opened it up like two or three years ago, and it, it was slammed full from the moment he like they pre-sold everything yeah. before they're done construction. Why why has it gotten that way? What what is it about us? where we feel the need to hold on to stuff, even to put it in a storage where we'll probably never go and get it. What it is, is it something in our society or is it something just in the way that, that, that as we evolve, is it what, what's, what's caused that to happen? I, and this is just a guess. I feel like a lot of it has to do with um, how people were brought up. Like if you, you know, if, if it, was hard for you as a kid. Like if you say you only got new clothes, you know, once a year, every other year, maybe you always had hand-me-downs. Like you kind of enjoy that being able to acquire as an adult. I also think a lot of times people just, it, it does take a, a dedicated amount of time to go through and get rid of stuff. So it's, it's the path of least resistance to just keep it, move it to the next house, move it to a storage unit. That is almost less work than saying, sitting down and saying, mm -hmm. you know what, I think, I think I can get rid of some of this. That's another reason why it helps having me there because most people will give some, something more time and energy if they're paying for it. So if you're paying me to come to your house, 
you're not going to be like, oh, you know what? I think I'll watch reality TV instead of going through my clothes today because I'm there and I'm only there to help you with that. So <laughs> you're going to it's just forcing you to do it, you know, so I like having a personal trainer meet you at the gym. Right. So I'm glad you said that because I had I've had a discussion with some people not long ago. We were talking about the state of mental health in this country. Right. And we were talking about how everybody thinks that they've got all this this they believe clinically a diagnosable depression or anxiety and i'm like you know well have you gone to a clinician and asked them if that like don't go to pot like hank and i used to always say that these shows are like our therapy right doing podcasts is like is like it's very therapeutic for me but mm-hmm. saying that something is therapeutic and saying it's my therapy really is two different things i go to a therapist right. i pay that therapist i pay her good money and but mm-hmm. but part of that though is because i I know that if I didn't, I wouldn't yeah. make the most of that time. I have to look at that value. I mean, sure, it, it's her livelihood and it, it's, it's how she makes money and I get that. But the, the, it's a good thing for me to have to do that because there does have to be a commitment level, a promise on my part that I'm going to follow through with it. And if I'm spending mm-hmm. money on it, I'm probably going to give it a little bit more than the benefit of the doubt. Whenever, yeah, but absolutely. at the same time, I've got friends that have started with a therapist, you know, they pay 150 bucks for an hour and they go like two or three times and they're like, Oh, my life's still not changed. It's like, okay, well your expectations are bad. Have you run right. into, have you, have you run into anybody? Like, do you get that? Like, were you there for like the first hour and they're wondering why their house isn't completely cleaned yet? I mean, do you, you get people that think you're going to be able to come in and make it happen really quickly? Or is there like a, in in all your training, is there a way to set that stage so people are aware of the essentially roller coaster ride that they're about to go through to to, to get to that point they want to be at? Right. I do. Whenever I work with a client, I do an initial, like a pre-session phone call, usually a FaceTime to look at the space and look at, and I do have some people that they don't, you know, that choose not to follow the KonMari like order of things. Like they just want help in the kitchen or they just want help in this area. Um, so that's something that I'm working on as I get more clients, giving them accurate time frames. but I'm usually like within an hour or so. And so I just kind of give them real realistic expectations of, what we can accomplish in a session. Um, It's hard to know before the first one because it varies wildly how quickly people make decisions. Yeah, sure. Some people are just rapid fire, stay, go, you know, real quick. And some people really have to pour over each item. So generally, unless they have a way more than normal we can usually finish a a category in a three-hour session so we can do all your clothing in three hours you can do all your books in three hours um and and most of the time seeing the difference in those little subsections of their house is enough to get to the the wow reaction at the end sure um i do try to make clear that you know it's if you want me to do your kitchen it's not gonna be i can't go through everything and put everything in pretty jars in three hours. Like that's not, that's TV. That's not right, <laughs> real life. <laughs> right, right, right. You know, um, I, I, I want to give like a little bit of a word of warning to anybody. And if, 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 if I'm wrong on this, if you think I'm wrong on this, then say so. But for anybody that's listening, that's like, huh, you know what? I wouldn't mind bringing her in because my, my kitchen is just kind of a problem to me. To me, I already know what the rest of your house looks like. 
Like it's just, you know, that's like saying I'm going to go on a diet and I'm just going to cut out carbs, but I'm still going to drink wine whenever I want to. It's like, no, you, Mm -hmm. you need to look at everything. I I would, I mean, it'd be great if somebody wanted to bring in, Hey, I'm I'm not trying to, to, to stifle your business growth, but if somebody's thinking about bringing you in for one thing, I would advise them to go ahead and bring you in for everything. I I think that we, (laughs) I think we, I'm on board with that. Yeah. We just don't realize how it like bleeds into everything that we've got when, when people are, when people are done with it can you see a difference on them like can you physically see a difference in their face and who they are can you is that something or is that just something I could see in my wife absolutely I think I think people have a hint or an idea if their clutter in their home is weighing them down but what I don't think is I don't think they know until it's done how much lighter they'll feel yeah. I think they're annoyed that they can't find things, but they don't grasp the whole scope of how much lighter and happier they'll feel with a tidy home without excess stuff in it. Oh my gosh. My mom was my practice client. I had to do 30 practice hours. Oh, what a horrible certified. person to try to practice on. Good Lord. I know no, it was fine. And it was all on zoom because she lives in, she lives in Kansas city. So um, but so those, which was fine. Cause now I'm very comfortable with the virtual, um, sessions, sure. but yeah. she, oh my gosh, she had such a great time with it, especially like the home decor, her favorite, she would, we went through some home decor, went through a bunch of stuff and she just decided like, okay, I'm just going to go put this all in the yard and post on Facebook that it's free. And it was all gone, like within a couple hours and she called me just like giddy, like you would not believe how excited people were to get to <laughs> come take all of this stuff <laughs> off my hands. And I'm like, I'm sure mom, like you got nice things, you know, yeah. in my opinion has nice taste, but it's definitely, um, yeah, you can see a difference for sure that they just feel a lot lighter. And I think too, when you're, when you're in it and you're in your house, sometimes, you know, stuff just becomes part of the scenery and it takes that, you know, new set of eyes to be like, hey, why, why is this here? Is this something we're actively using? And does it serve a purpose? And do you like seeing it here? Yeah. So it, it, I really do see a difference. And so far, the reviews, people have said that they feel a difference, too. So that's good. <laughs> that's cool. Which you, you just real briefly, you talked about the training. What kind of training did you have to go through for this? So I had to um submit photos of my own home after well I had to prove I'd read the books submit photos of my own home after applying the method and tidying my own house and then I had I took a couple vacation days and it was a three-day seminar on three days on zoom and it's pretty impressive it's a very international community so there are people and I think there's consultants in like 92 countries or something insane like that. Um, so I had three days of training on zoom where there was, um, speakers from people who have been doing it a long time and different breakout rooms and things like that. And then after that training, I had to complete 30 practice hours and submit before and after photos for each session and do write-ups. And I had to have at least one practice client who made it through all five of those categories. Um, which is a pretty big commitment, but thankfully my mom was willing and able. So she did, she made it through all five. And then I had to um, 
do an interview and pay a fee to be part of the community and that was it that's pretty hardcore i i dig the it fact was, that it was pretty intense yeah i love the fact that they're like no you're gonna practice what you preach i need to see your house i like it that's really yeah. awesome it really is i mean you don't, yeah i had to do that before even the class so. i mean i've been sales i've been in medical sales all my life we don't ask anybody to prove themselves. we just golf mm-hmm. what they say wow that's that's impressive how how have you liked it so far i mean obviously it's something that you really feel passionate about and you've jumped into it but you know whenever you get into anything there's always some some things that knock you back or you you, you start to have your doubts and stuff uh wh- yeah. where, where's your feelings on it now like wh- wh- how are you feeling about the whole uh journey of getting into this um the things that scare me the most is just the entrepreneurial side the running a business because i i mean i've managed restaurants but i've never had my own business sure so all of that kind of back-end stuff is a little intimidating to me and those are the things that i get a little tripped up on um as well as just finding clients which everybody i've talked to who's been doing it longer just says it's, it takes time um so those things are a little bit intimidating the actual organizing oh my gosh i love it so much i come home and i'm like wow i can't believe people pay me to do this that was so much fun i love doing the actual organizing the the entrepreneurial like just kind of fluid not knowing when you'll be booked and when you won't, that is very unsettling for my type A personality. Sure. Oh yeah. But yeah. the actual organizing, I I love it. I I I enjoy it so much. It's so fun to work with different people and and figure out like, okay, how am I gonna ask the right questions and figure out what speaks to this particular client, and it's different every time. Well, I do think you know, and, I, and I'll, I'll 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 tell you, I, I think that. It's something that's obviously very needed, and I think people probably need it more than they realize they do. I do think that the method that you use and you've been trained in, I mean, I've experienced it firsthand. I've seen, I've, you know, I've lived my whole life with moms and wives, and people always wanting to straighten up the house. This is the this is the method that worked. I mean, it just flat out is, and I was I was impressed with it when Hank told me you were getting certified in this. I was like, well, that's the one to to do because it's the it's the one that I, I saw make some changes in my life too. So I'm, I'm, That's awesome. I think it's really great what you're doing. And I, th- I think more people need Thank to do you. it. If people are interested in finding out more about uh, not just that method, but really you and what you bring to the table and how you can you know, do something for them. What's the best way for them to reach out? Do you find out more about your, your, your consulting business? So you can visit my website. It is mindful tidying with Haley. Haley is H A Y L I. Dot com And there's a contact form there. You just fill that out and I'll reach out and schedule a phone call with you. And I can do, I know you're obviously we're not in the same state, but I can do virtual sessions as well. I've done plenty of those and it, it is not quite as great as me being able to haul your stuff to goodwill, but it is still a very impactful session. <laughs> I think that, you know, it's so cool that you do it by zoom. I, obviously COVID taught us all to be a little bit more comfortable with that, but I think that, mm-hmm. Now that people were at home and kind of stuck inside their homes and then so many people are working from home now, I, I think it's really um, I think it'd be really cool for people to realize, hey, your your home office is here now. You, you've got less space than what you had before. Let's make sure that the what you're working in is an environment to keep you positive and, and, and not like I was trying to explain to you. This stupid studio is looking right now. It's driving nuts standing here <laughs> looking at it. It's like it's so ironic that it's a, like Haley and I were talking before we we got on here about the absolute mess that my studio is in. So here I am talking to you 
and and talking all big like how important this is and i'm 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 basically in oscar the grouch's trash can right now because i'm doing this shit <laughs> but, but you just moved in that's, that's right that's, i i give myself a break it takes a little bit <laughs> yeah but i do think i do think people need to be mindful of that i think you know if your workspace and home space have now merged, you, you need to be mindful of what's going on around you because it does have an effect on how you present yourself during the day. And I think I think that's something people need to think about, too. Um, Haley, it, it, it's and so, even, it, uh, even if it doesn't like if you come home from work and your house oh, yeah. makes you stressed again, that's not good. Your house should be like a oh so glad to be here this is nice you know let me tell you something one of the things i've learned since i've been working at home is no matter what mess i make i already know that when my wife comes home she's going to walk in these three rooms those rooms need to be immaculate <laughs> or it's a completely different evening uh-huh. I, I know that already absolutely Haley, it's it's so great to be able to talk to you uh, again i guess you and i will probably see each other at the next friend's wedding i don't i don't know how this will go with 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 us if we keep uh-huh. our relationship up like that but uh Listen, it was it was really great being able to talk to you today. Thanks so much for coming on and, t- and talking about this. I think it's something really people need to look into. And uh, I really appreciate your time. And I, I really also very much appreciate you marrying Hank Thorpe so that no other woman <laughs> would ever have to. That's it's a very it's a, it's a big sacrifice you made. We all appreciate it. Oh, happy to do it. Happy to do it. All right, thanks. We will talk to you soon. Thank you. Wake up. Think about it, what's it gonna be? The air that surrounds it is not enough to breathe. The stars that surround you, they fall at your command. The sea, it will drown you and bring you back again. I want to thank Haley for coming on again. I, I really appreciate uh, her her coming in and spending a little bit of time with us, telling us about what she does and how she helps folks. And I think it's like I was saying before that it's it's really important. Look, here, here's here's what I'm trying to get at. You don't realize number one, number one. You don't realize how cluttered you are. <laughs> that's that's just that's the magical part of it. I'm serious. When Maria and I did this, I couldn't believe we. I I have to ask Maria. I think it was 18 bags of clothes between the two of us. 18 full size garbage bags of clothes. It may have been more than that. I'll I'll I'll, I'll have to ask her. It was just it was atrocious, and that was just clothes. You get to the garage, the attic, your kids' rooms. Oh, my God. So let me let me go back to what I was saying before. Sometimes we don't realize how much junk is in the way. And we don't realize that that does a couple of things to our detriment. Sure, physically in your house, it's easy to look around. I look around my house. My house is a freaking wreck. We're, we're moving and the, I'm sure I've got everything in the house. I am not comfortable at all. Not at well. I mean, I am, but I am not, I'm not happy. I sit around, I see cords dangling. I got, I got crap everywhere. And so then all of a sudden the kids come in 
and they throw their socks like in the middle of the floor somewhere and I flip out. Oh my God, how dare you? I mean, number one, what kind of example am I setting that all my crap's thrown about the place? I mean, I get it. Yeah, I'm the one trying to straighten up and and put stuff together, but still, eh, you're kind of setting a precedent by having your crap everywhere. And we do this to ourselves as well. Like, when you keep things neat and tidy, then you'll keep things neat and tidy. The moment you let one thing go, you'll let other things go. We also underestimate our mind every day. I was talking to one of my closest people, if not my closest person, the other night. We were having a discussion uh, about religion, um, about our feelings with certain things, um, about where uh, the, the the stance we take and, and what we show to our kids. Yeah, okay, so it was Maria. <laughs> I'm not going to go into, don't worry, honey, I'm not going to go into a ton of detail about this one, but just understand we were having a very deep discussion and she brought something up and I had to tell her, I was like, you know, Maria, this is what I deal with in therapy. So I, I, I've got a great therapist. I love her to death. She's wonderful. But really what she does is she lets me talk. <laughs> And what she does is she listens to me and asks me questions that only I can answer. The problem is I can't think of those questions. Why? Because my brain doesn't want to deal with this subject. So my brain doesn't let me remember things. It doesn't let me remember things correctly. There have been times that I've been surprised that even somebody like me, who I, you know, I've got a lot of people that are in my life will tell you that that I just for some reason I just don't forget things. I remember stories about people from when we were so incredibly young. Sure, I I have that. I I, I can memorize things very quickly. My my mind always works that way. So I fall into this trap where I believe that I'm always in control. And what we forget is our bodies, including our mind is always there to protect us. The human mind is one of the most interesting things in that it is always looking for the most efficient and effective way to do something, but there's another way of saying that. It's always looking for the easy way out. For those of us that have been on that E2M program, Maria and I can testify to this. Man, we were talking just last night. Man, we got to get back on track. Why? Because it is easier to do the stuff that makes you lazy and fat and gain weight than it is to do the stuff that in our mind we say hurts. Running hurts. Lifting weights hurts. It doesn't really hurt. It's just uncomfortable. It's just not what we want to do. But it's easy to go the other way and then we're unhappy with ourselves. We're not as confident. We don't feel as good about ourselves. And we live in a society right now Send your mails, send your emails on this if you want to. Local Bar Media on Facebook. We live in a society now that is blurring the lines between body positivity and being extremely unhealthy. I deal with kidney patients all day long. We got to get our diabetes under control. I'm sorry, Lizzo is not a healthy person. Yes, your body size matters. Yes, it does. Follow the science. It does. 
but we we make it to where we're telling people it's okay you can do this you can be this way it's fine why because they're trying to sell you something that's a debate for another day so let me bring it back to Haley though too many times we sit around in our house and we do the same thing we let our personal spaces get cluttered up. We let our bedrooms get cluttered up. And you may not realize it, but your mind sees it, and it bothers you, and it distracts you. Guys, go along with me here. It's easy for you, right? It's easy. You come. Your wife comes home. She sees a mess. She's going to be just ornery for the rest of the night. You got to deal with, with this bad attitude. She's going to be sour about stuff. Well, I better not bring anything up to her now because she's going to be looking at everything in a detrimental way. And come on, ladies, you know you do it. What's funny is, guys, you don't realize how you do this in parts of your life. Your car is a mess. Your kids aren't picking up their stuff. All your files on your computer aren't put away the way you think they're supposed to be. There's stuff that grabs our attention and affects our mood. And we think for some reason we can't control the physical part of it. We absolutely can. But we have to train ourselves to be aware of it. And we have to train our minds to think differently. No, I don't want to sit around and just be lazy all day. No, running does not hurt. Running is effective. Running is going to get me to where I am happy with myself, so I'm going to go and do it. Oh, I, I'll tell you this right now. I run a lot. I don't really love it. I'm not I'm not someone, you know, there are people that are addicted to running. You can get addicted to anything. They are addicted to running. Well, okay, good. You're addicted to something that's healthy. Congratulations. I am not. But I know that as I run, I'm trying to beat something because I want to be better. So I am training my mind to do something different. And I'll tell you, take, take, take the Chad take the Chad 30-day running challenge. Mark you off about a two-and-a-half to three-mile route somewhere around your neighborhood that's pretty, that's easy, that's decently flat, whatever, and go out and start slow, 11-and-a-half-minute miles, 12-minute miles. Get a Fitbit or something where you can track how you're doing. Your phones can do it too. Start off real slow and just run at a pace where you could carry on a conversation with somebody. And some of you are like, I couldn't do that for half a mile. Great. So do it for half a mile and then stop and walk and then start running again. And do this every other day for 30 days. By the time you're done, I bet you most of you will be running that full three miles. Some of you will be killing it. But I, what I know is 100% true. Every dang one, every one. Every single person that does it will run better on day 30 than they did on day one. Maybe not as good as their neighbor. Maybe not as good as the other guy that's doing it. But you against yourself will be doing better. So what what took place? You know, I'll go ahead and spoil it for you. If you do it, what are you going to see take place? Number one, your mentality is going to be different. You're going to understand that you can overcome that thing that you thought you couldn't. And number two, you're going to see that you will start making different decisions when tough things are in front of you. How cluttered your life is makes a difference. Because you see, going back to what I was talking about, the, the reason that my sales approach is different than what my public relations approach was 
is in my sales approach, I'm trying to get you to focus on what the problem is and ignore everything else because I can't fix every one of your problems, but I can help you with this one. And so if I get this one out of your way, what difference does that make in your life? 10%, 20%, 50%. Does it translate into money? Sure. We can talk about that, but let's deal with this one problem at a time. Public relations, you buy what I'm selling. Your entire life is better, baby. Everything's better. Women will love you. Men will adore you. Everything will be better if you buy this product because it cures all this madness in your life. See the way I'm talking is making you feel better already. I even have a, a chippy little song playing in the background that makes you even feel that way. It'll start out with something dark and my voice will be like this. Yo, yo, you've all seen it before. If you haven't, start thinking about it. Start paying attention to commercials. This is what it is. Your life is too cluttered. You've got social media now where it's just short attention span theater. It's one point to the next government, politics, business, uh, swimwear, healthcare, religion, government, politics. And it just cycles around and you're just confused and you're missing out. You're missing out on the things that make you happy because you're allowing all this other cluttered crap to enter into your life. And it's hard to do it without the help of somebody else. Get somebody like Haley. Get somebody like Haley that'll help walk you through how to do it, that'll help help you declutter, help you see things in a way that you haven't done before. I want you to do it. I want you to call up Haley. Yes, I want you to call my friend and say, listen, I just feel like things could be a little bit better. And she may look at you and say, yeah, they could. Or she may look at you and say, they could be a lot better. Then when you're done, talk to a friend, talk to a counselor, talk to a religious leader, talk to a relative that you really, really trust. Have coffee with them and ask them to look at what's going on in your life and see if there's some clutter that you need to get rid of. We live in a world today where everyone thinks they're clinically depressed or they have some clinical form of anxiety. It's not true. It's not true. It's the cool thing for young kids to say they have, but it's not. There are people that have it. There are people that deal with it daily, but that's not what most of us really probably deal with. You're probably just too cluttered. You're probably just too distracted. You probably focus on one thing for a second, and then when it starts to sting, you jump to something else. We live in a world where we over-communicate. We look down at our phones instead of up at the sky. We spend time in busy places because we can't be away from it, as if life is not going to go on if you're not here. That's that thing. I know people always hate it when I say it, but you know it's true. In the grand scheme of things, as this wheel turns, you're not as important of a cog as you think because the world will keep turning. But we think we think it'll all fall apart if I'm not there. And we don't realize how what we're doing is we're slowly falling apart as we're going. You've, you've got to take time to look at yourself and to get yourself organized. So you can pay attention to those things that you've always wanted to do. So you can write that song that's been killing you because you think you haven't had time. So you can go visit that loved one or make that phone call or even send the damn text you've been meaning to send for a week. 
You don't do it because you're exhausted, because you're cluttered. Start physically, then move mentally. Maybe spiritually after that. I don't know where you are on the whole thing. But spend time making room for yourself. Or at least just get your dang shoes out of the doorway. Thanks for stopping by the bar. We've picked up your tab. But if you'd like to leave the best bartenders you know a tip, head over to patreon.com forward slash local bar and support the show. Any support is greatly appreciated. If you'd like to drop us a line, send your emails to chad at localbarmedia.com. Thanks for coming in. See you next week. This podcast is part of a local bar media. For this and other shows, visit localbarmedia.com. So different.